I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Sun's latest football podcast where we look ahead to the SPFL Premiership action this weekend. Myself, Roger Hanna and Colin Duncan. And Colin, it all starts in Perth, Saturday lunchtime, St Johnson against Celtic. Is this one Brendan Rodgers could do without? Because surely all the focus has to be on Israel on Tuesday night? Yeah, most certainly, Roger. But I think the fact they've got such a healthy advantage going to, to Israel for the second leg is, is going to take a bit of the pressure off. But, I mean, they say they had a, a rest weekend last weekend, so it's not as if they've, they've been overplayed before they head up to Perth. But I think this could probably be one of Brendan Rodgers' toughest tasks so far. You know, he's dealt with everything that's caught with him, but I think Tommy Wright and his St Johnston team will, will, will present a real challenge to Celtic at the weekend. You mentioned that rest weekend, but Brendan Rodgers, of course, took a shadow team over to Limerick to take on Inter Milan. Do you see him making wholesale changes this weekend as well, or is the Premiership title too close for him you know, to be allowed to do that? I think he'll certainly make certain changes. The game against Milan was was was, was a decent experience for them last week. I'm, I'm sure he would have learned quite a bit about a few of his fringe players. Like Sir Ryan Christie did very well. Liam Henderson did very well. So there's, there's no problem as if the, the quality is going to drop significantly if you're going to bring in guys like that. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a couple of those boys featuring from the, the start at Perth on Saturday. You, you mentioned Tommy Wright's team giving Celtic a, a tough game. They did after the split last season, albeit the title was already gone. They've started brightly as well. A point against Aberdeen. They've beaten Hearts in the League Cup and they won at Motherwell last weekend. There are no mugs. No, I mean it's been a, it's been a good solid start from from what is essentially a, a good solid team. Nobody's ever going to get an easy afternoon when when St Johnson are, are in town. Tommy's also very good tactically. You know he enjoys the challenge of playing against the bigger teams. He enjoys pitting his wits against the bigger managers. And and so far, you know the three or four seasons he's been in Scottish football, he, he's done very well. I think Celtic won't find it easy up there. And like the two managers, I believe that they, they know each other quite well from from Northern Ireland days. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they go back, and you know, Brendan spoke very highly and uh, very warmly of Tommy when he when he took the Celtic job. You know, they, they do go back; they are good friends. So, yeah, no, it, it should be a good tussle between the pair of them. How impressed have you been with Celtic? Because five goals against Motherwell in the League Cup last midweek, and people sort of wrote that off, saying, "Oh, you know, it's only Motherwell; they lost seven the last time they were at Parkhead." But when you're not five past anyone in a Champions League playoff round, it tends to send out, you know, send out a warning to other teams. Well, you look at from where they came from, basically from a standing start against the Gibraltar Redimps, you know, there was a lot of pressure on Brendan, fans weren't happy, he took a lot of criticism in the back of that result, and you look at the strides they've made in such a short space of time since then, I mean, he's clearly identified the weaknesses, what went wrong there, he's put it right, they're scoring goals for fun against decent sides, you know, he really, and the, one of the most uh, impressive things he's very quick to change. If he see he sees something that's not going going well on the pitch, doesn't wait about. Give it five, ten minutes, or half. You know, he changes it instantly. And I think that's that's what's been working. You know, if something's not going right on the pitch, 
he's got the vision, he can see what's happening and he's changing it. And on Celtic are playing with so much flair and so much pace, you know, we bring in Sinclair and Dembele. There's, there's naturally a focus on the new signing Sinclair, Dembele, Colo Touré as well, but it's one of the most impressive things, the way he's, he's re-energised people like James Forrest, Tom Rogic, guys have got new contract, and also Scott Brown, who got a lot of plaudits, not just for his goal, but for his display against Beersheva on Wednesday night. Tom Rogic and, uh, and James Forrest, I think most people thought they were maybe beginning, you know, that would be the end of the one, and Brendan came in, it looked as if their, their days at Celtic Park were numbered, but whatever whatever he's done and, and said to these guys, he's put the arm around their shoulder, you know, they're, they're playing as, as well as, as they have done in a Celtic shirt. You know, they're almost like new signings for them. You know, they're coming into the team, they've given the team energy. Yeah, so, you know, they've done exceptionally well. Brown, he's taken a lot of criticism this season, you know, but he always seems to produce his his best when when his back's against the wall. And, you know, he was excellent against Hapoel on Wednesday night. You and I, we get get stuck doing the school run every morning (laughs) now the kids are back. But what does it say about Brendan Rodgers that he allowed Elisa Lee Griffiths and, and some of the other players to do the school run at the start of the week you know the kids starting out primary one for the first time and, and he moved training back and, and he didn't take them away to a hotel the night before the half well tie and the, the players seem to have responded to little things like that yeah well I mean everybody says all oh, players need discipline but they also need clever man management there's a time and there's a place for telling players you can have to do this and you have to do this at a certain time but Brendan's clever enough to realise, you know, little small things like that can have big rewards for him by treating the players like grown-ups and adults, you know, cutting them a bit of slack when necessary. Because all intensive, you know, first day at school, it's a huge, huge event in people's lives. You know, so if you tell them, oh, they can't do that, they have to come into training, you know, it's only going to wind players up the wrong way. So no, I think he's been very sensible. And I think if you speak to anybody who's worked under Brendan in the past, they always speak very highly of you know, his, his man management and his motivational skills, you know, he's been able to get the best out of players. Rangers, of course, they, they host Motherwell at Ibrox Saturday afternoon. They've already beaten Mark McGee's team this season in the group phase of the Betfred Cup out at Fort Park 2-0 on the first weekend of the season. Will that have any bearing on what happens on Saturday afternoon in the league at Ibrox, Colin? I mean, I'm, I'm sure both teams will have learned, you know, things from that game and, and Mark McGee seemed to think, you know, when I spoke to him a couple of weeks ago, that his team would be much, much better, you know, going into to the, the game at Ibrox than they were when they played them at Fur Park. I mean, just still quite haven't got themselves up and running this season, you know, they, they've played well in fits and starts, you know, struggled against Hamilton for long spells, but finished the game well. Started the game really well against Dundee, but struggled at the end. You know, it's just been very bits and pieces so far right, for, for Rangers. You know, they really need to, to, to start hitting the ground running and, you know, and string a performance together for 90 minutes. One of the more surprising interviews of the week, I think, was Joey Barton in Talk Sport in the middle of the week with Alan Brazil. He made some um, rather unusual comments about Brendan Rodgers. Is, is it time for Joey Barton to do his talking on the pitches? Has the novelty of Joey Barton and all his outspoken comments? Is that beginning to wear off? He's still good value, isn't he, Joy? You know, he, he does like a soundbite, and, and we do like to pick up on that, you know. So when it comes to giving us front page and back page headlines, then, you know, there's there's been no one better than Joy Barton over the past couple of months. But, yeah, I mean, when it, ultimately, the, Mark Warburton signed him for, for what he does on the pitch, not what he says off the pitch. You know, he's, he's been OK. He's been very much like me, a very steady start, but nothing spectacular. Arguably, was at fault for the Dundee goal last week, even though, you know, Joey was, was shouting and blaming everybody else but <laughs> himself at Den's part. But yeah, I mean, it is time for, for Joey to, to step up to the plate and do his talking on the part. Did, did people see the, the best and the worst of Rangers at Den's part last week because they could have been more than the two goals up 
in that first half, Kenny Miller had chances, Harry Forrester had other chances as well, and then they seemed to fall out the game quite dramatically, and they're almost clinging on for the, for the three points in the end. Yeah, I mean, by all accounts, you know, there was there was some harsh words said, you know, it was a bit of a, a barney in the dressing room after the game last weekend, you know, the players themselves weren't happy, the management team clearly weren't happy, I think there was a, a lot of home truth spoken, um, and it was the same even after the friendly with Burnley, you know, it was a very insipid performance, and, and you know, the manager locked the players in the dressing room for, for an hour after the game, which is, you know, worrying to degree, that you know that they've had two major inquests after you know two of the first four games of the season. But if there's you know if it gets a reaction from the players, then you know it serves its purpose. Do, do you like that? Do you like players sorting it all out in the dressing room themselves after the game, or is the onus more on on Mark Warburton to, to a lesser extent David Weir to sort these things out, or is it healthy for players to have these um, outspoken post-match debates, if you like, Colin? Yeah, no, I think it's a good thing. There's, you know, the alternative is just to let it fester. Players don't say anything, harbour thoughts to themselves. You know, people can get into cliques and speak about other players. You know, that's the worst thing it can possibly happen. I know that's what divides dressing rooms. I think you know, for players just to get it off their chest there and then, say what they think. Once it's over and done with, that's it. You draw a line under it. Yeah, no. So I think Mark Warburton likes his players. You know, to be vocal in the dressing room, and if there's anything to be said. Get it off your chest there and then and, and don't carry it around with you. Mark Warburton's been vocal in his desire to get one more striker, one more defender in before the transfer window closes. The striker, I think by common consent, is Joe Garner at Preston. In terms of the central defender, and it's worth noting we're recording this on Thursday afternoon, is it Julian Lescott or Philip Senderos for you? It would be Julian Lescott simply because I think he's got a bit more pace. You know, he's got, he's got a few more years left in his legs. Senderos a couple of years older. Both get great, you know, terrific experience of international level and playing in the Premier League down south. But for me, it would be Julian Lescott. I mean, it was only a couple of years ago he's playing, you know, playing virtually every game in a Manchester City team that, that won the Premier League. And the last time they met, as we said, it's not the season Rangers won at Fort Park. Prior to that, it was Motherwell home and away playing in the relegation promotion playoff a year or two back. The last time both teams were together in the Premiership, the last time Motherwell won, James McFadden scored the goal. Uh, they've got a terrible record against Rangers in top-flight games. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, Faddy's even you know talk about Faddy being back and, and returns you know for to, to make a comeback after his injury and combining his uh, assistant managerial duties. But yeah, my mother have always found it tough at Ibrox, and they actually played okay when it, when the when they faced Rangers in the Betfred Cup, but they've, they've really struggled since, and they didn't look great against St Johnston last week. So it's going to take, you know some performance for them to, to pull a result out of the hat at Ibrox you can watch the goals from all the big SPFL games on the website at thescottysun.co.uk slash sport as you know Colin we've launched Sun Bets for the start of the season our own independent betting chain the, the bet of the season seems to be nil nil for Aberdeen games nil nil St Johnson nil nil Hearts Partick Thistle at Petodre on Saturday is it getting nil nil written all over it well as you, as you say, you know it's the odds in Aberdeen starting off with three nil nils. I think you could have you named your prize given the fact that Derek McInnes strengthens his squad in the summer, and the the final third was was the main focus for him. You know, bringing in uh, Miles Story, Jaden Stockley. You know, that was the area identified in the summer that he needed to strengthen to give him a farm. You know, some more options. But I think the results, what the results do highlight, is how much they miss Johnny Hayes. 
I think he, he, he's been the key player for Aberdeen for the past few seasons. Not only the goals he scores, but the amount of chances he creates. So I think that's one of the major reasons you know, why Aberdeen have failed to score. Plus the fact that they go to St Johnson, tough place to go and a tough team to break down in Hearts, who are very physical and very defensively minded as well. So I mean, it's you take those two games into consideration, it's not that big of a surprise, but I'm sure Derek would be disappointed at the fact that his team hasn't found the net in two opening Premiership games. The loss of Hayes, crucial. It, does Niall McGinn beginning to show the signs of a guy who's not really had a breakthrough this summer? I saw an interview with Ross County manager Jim McIntyre through the week where he was saying they're benefiting from the fact that Liam Boyce didn't make the Northern Ireland squad and managed to get a, a decent breakthrough this summer. He's back fresh, he's scoring goals. Is McGinn suffering the flip side? He, he does look like that. You know, it's not so much the physical. I mean, these players are fit. It's just the mental. You need to. You need time to down tools, recharge the batteries, get a, and a complete escape from football. Spend some time with your family and your kids, and then come back re-energize. You know, from Niall, who's been straight from finishing the season, Northern Ireland training camp. He's gone to the Euros for the best part of a month, and then normally when he's expecting to get four weeks off, then he. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. He's been realized he has to come back in because Aberdeen have got Europa League qualifiers. I mean, it's a hard ask for players just to continue playing 12 months non-stop without a break. And he has looked jaded. When you look at him to the player he was at the end of last season, the player he is at the start of this season, there's, you know, there's a noticeable difference. Thistle, so Thistle, in the first day of the season, they beat Inverness 2-0 at Fur Hill, reasonably comfortable. They started very well in the League Cup prior to the, you know, in the groups won every game before getting out at Tannadice. They didn't have a game last week. They were a team who missed out because Celtic were over in Limerick. Is that a threat to disrupt that early season buzz that Alan Archibald had going? Yeah, we spoke to Chris Erskine yesterday and he, and he, was, he was speaking about that, you know, said that they really fancied their chances of going and, get, and getting a result at Tannadice, given how well they'd played in the previous matches. Never performed, just didn't turn up, as, as he said, so they were desperate to try and get that match out of their system. What better way than to face the, the reigning champion Celtic? Suddenly that match is, you know, called off, the, mem- the momentum... You know the desire to get out and get results is, is is taken away. So yeah, that might count against them. Is the, you know the fact that it has been so stop start. And somebody tells me you you fancy Thistle as, your, as, as a dark horse for the top six this season. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I do like Thistle. I think that you know they're a really really good end to you know, consider that they didn't win any of their first ten games last season and only missed out in the top six by a point on the final day, uh, game before the split. I like the manager. I think he's really forward thinking. Just 
very quiet and calculated. I think Alan Archibald will move on to better and, and, and bigger things and in, in, in the future. He's got continuity in the squad. He's got a few new players. I think you know the you take in your, you know probably St Johnson, the Hearts, Aberdeen, Rangers, Celtic. Maybe only one place up for grabs in, in, in that top six, but I think Partick Thistle are certainly uh, capable of, of being the ones that uh, make the move into the top half this season. Keep bang up to date with Scottish football by following Sun Sport on Twitter. We talked about Alan Archibald, if we're touching the young managers, what about Richie Foran? It's been a difficult start. They're, they're out of the League Cup at Alloa. They lost, as I said, that opening game at Thistle. They lost a derby at home to Ross County. And perhaps even worse, they've lost Kevin McNaughton for the season now with this Achilles surgery. It just seems to be blow after blow for Richie Fawn since he took over. Yeah, I mean, it all looked to be going so well in, in, during that Betfred Cup campaign and it's called 12 goals. 12 goals in two games yeah. and seven and a, and a five as they headed to Partick Thistle for their opener. But for whatever reason, it just it went wrong. They struggled again the following week and then... The Derby's ideal chance that you know to get the fans on side and build a bit of momentum, you know, and it's such a good record. You know, we've got such a terrific record against Ross County, particularly at home in recent seasons, and then it completely blows up in their face. You know, so that's three games into the season, and suddenly the pressure is is really on Richie Foran, and probably one of the worst places you could go to try and get a result is Tynecastle, and particularly at a time when when Hearts are almost up against it. You know, ever since Robbie Nielsen's been in as head coach. Craig Levine is director of football and Budge running the club. They've known nothing but success, promotion, they consolidated and, and get third place in the Premiership, European qualification, and suddenly this season, out of Europe to Birkirkara, out the League Cup to St Johnston, and in the league, not really the start, you know, a defeat to Celtic, there's obviously no disgrace in that. A draw at Aberdeen, no, no disgrace in that either. But they haven't really kicked on the way some people thought they would. No, and, and I think there's, a, there, there's always been a small element of the fans who are just not quite happy with Robbie Nielsen or that are quite happy with the, the way the, the football, the, the, the team are playing. You know, so, so that the fact that you know the result in Europe, it just hasn't helped. The fact they're still to get, to, to get a victory. You know, there's just murmurings of discontent there. Just a you know, nothing major, but there's just some section of fans are not happy. But I'm sure if you ask Robbie Nielsen, if you could pick any team, to play at home this weekend, trying to get first three points on board, then I'm pretty sure he, he would come out and say it would be Inverness. Now Michael Stewart was saying in the, in the Scottish Sun on Monday, this team bears all the hallmarks of a, of a Craig Levine team. Gary Mackay tended to agree with him when he spoke through the week. Robin Nielsen said this morning, it's his team, he picks the team, he picks the tactics, he looks at the, the, the transfer targets. Craig Levine is a, is a valuable part of his team almost, if you like. Do, do we believe him, Colin? Yeah, I mean... I'm, I'm sure he does pick the team and, and I'm sure he does look at and transfer targets but I think you know, it would be very naive of all of us just to think that Craig Levine just sat there and didn't have any input whatsoever and just let Robbie go on you know, go on with it. He is a young manager, he's learning his trade, Craig's been there, he's seen it, he's done it, he's got the t-shirt. You know, for us to think that it's just simply Robbie running the entire show by himself, no, I, I don't buy that. And they've been getting a bit of stick as well, as well as the stick we've spoken about for their disciplinary record, not just Jimmy Walker's two-match ban for the dive against Celtic, but I think was it seven bookings in the Celtic game, five bookings in Johnson, maybe another five up at Aberdeen last weekend. Are they in danger of attracting headlines for the wrong reasons? Yeah, well, it was the exact same last season, if I recall. You know, something like ten red cards he had last season. You know, the worst disciplinary record in the top flight. You know, they, they keep saying it, there's... There's no disciplinary problems there, but there's clearly, you know, there's nothing wrong with being physical, getting in other teams' faces, but 
the, the thing about that, I mean, you've got so many red cards and so many yellow cards, they, they all add up. You're going to have so many players ruled out. You know, it's a long, grueling season. They're going to be without half their team through suspension at this rate. And people are talking about it because Tommy Wright brought it up a day or two prior to that League Cup tie. He brought up the exact stat that you mentioned there, the worst disciplinary record. He brought up the fact that there had been a lot of bookings in the Celtic game. He asked his players to keep calm. And then what happens? Five Hearts players get booked. Do you think this is beginning to seep into the minds of referees who are taking charge of Hearts games? Well, well it's hard for them to escape, regardless if they, you know, they, they go there thinking, you know, they don't take anything into consideration as it happened in the past. If it's constantly on social media, it's constantly in the newspapers, it's constantly on radio phone-ins, it's constantly on TV when you're watching highlights, it's, it's going to be subconsciously, it's going to be in there. You know, the, the fact that it's, it's inescapable that they have this terrible disciplinary record. So referees, whether like it or not, are going to be aware of that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure subconsciously it might affect the, the number of cars referees produce when they're, when they're taking charge of Hearts game. Like Sunsport on Facebook for all the Scottish football latest. Dingwall on Saturday, Ross County. If ever a team needed a win, it was them last week. They got it in the Highland Derby with, with Liam Boyce's hat trick against Cali Thistle. They're at home to a Kilmarnock team who, who also had a much needed win last weekend at Hamilton. Now, Chris Boyd, he seems to have been absolutely inspired by his new Sunsport column. He <laughs> get back among the goals, his 100th goal for Kilmarnock last weekend. Is he the kind of guy who could, could now kick on and, and go on a run of scoring again? Well, is it, that's exactly what Kilmarnock need. They need somebody to, to, to put the ball in the back of the net and they need somebody to do it on a regular basis. And you look about that squad that, that Lee, Lee Clark has at the moment, particularly the fact that they've just sold Josh McGuinness, who was their top goal scorer last season. It's a very young squad, very inexperienced squad. So many of the players have got hardly any experience of playing top flight football. That you know, that if you're looking for a goal, then the obvious man is Chris Boyd, and I think that he's going to benefit. You know that first goal of the season that's going to give him a bit of confidence. And the fact that he, you know, once he's playing games, he gets a run of games under his belt. Then he, as his record proves, year in year out, he'll score you goals. We're not quite all disappointed though they didn't match Suleiman Kulabali's somersaulting celebration. Well, that, that's. Uh, Hopefully we maybe see that this weekend in the Highlands. What, what, what about County though? They, they did need a win. Liam Boyce, we touched upon it earlier on in the podcast, he's had a break, he's been away, he's got over the disappointment of not going to France with the Northern Ireland Euro squad in the summer and he's back among the goals and that will be key to County. We talk about top six, could they get top six again if, if, if Boyce comes up with 15 to 20 goals? Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, I mentioned that I, I probably thought that Thistle might steal that place but County are definitely one of the contenders. And you touched on Liam Boyce here. He's certainly playing, you know, with a man who's got a point to prove this this season after missing missing out in the Euro squad for Northern Ireland. But he, he seems to be a feast or a famine with Liam. You know, there's he goes in these spells of just scoring consistently, and then he'll have a, a drought for ten, eleven games. But I say that three hat tricks in the last yeah sixteen months. Sixteen I think. months. Um, but you know, I, I've watched him a lot. I mean, technically, he's an extremely gifted player, very sharp in and around the box very technical you know he, he links play well so yeah I mean he, he's proven before that he can get a number of goals and if they get 15-20 goals then there's no reason why they can't be challenged and again for the top set You mentioned earlier on Josh McGuinness leaving the Premiership to head down to Charlton Billy Mackay another Northern Ireland international striker has headed down south as well after spells at Inverness and Dundee United if Boyce keeps on scoring is that going to be an issue for Ross County that people will be watching him? 
Yeah, well, see, you look at them, you know, their, their rivals across this. I mean, Marley Watkins was, was a yeah. guy who scored quite a lot of goals for Inverness and somebody poached him. Miles Story came up and spent some time on loan, you know, at the end of last season, scored a few goals, Aberdeen take him. So, I mean, it's, you know, the location does count against them because, you know, they're so, they're so isolated as well. But sometimes the money that these bigger clubs can offer, it's just too hard for, for players to turn down. And Liam, if he keeps... Uh, scoring then he's going to attract attention from other clubs Friday night football at Dens Park a couple of teams needing to bounce back from home defeats last weekend Dundee eventually rallied and pushed Rangers reasonably hard Hamilton after a decent start lost at home to Kelly how, how do you see the Friday night game going? Yeah I've been you know Dundee have been, I've been quite impressed with Dundee you know a lot of people before the season thought they might struggle just on the back of, of losing uh, Greg Stewart and Kane Hemmings lost you know two key players who scored so many goals for them last season but Rory Loy stepped up to the plate in the first game of the season at Ross County did well against Rangers after going two goals behind early doors and maybe slightly unlucky not to come away with something I think they'll be confident enough Hamilton are really they've really gone backwards after doing so well at Ibrox and getting in a draw in the opening day I mean they were absolutely terrible against Morton in, in the cup and by all accounts, again, they really, really struggled against the Kilmarnock team who, who have been exceptionally poor so far this season. So it, it, it doesn't augur well for Martin Canning, you said, uh, heading up to Dens Park on Friday night. He's, he's mentioned today Martin Canning's looking to get a couple of new bodies in ahead of the Friday night game. Is that what Hamilton need? A lot of promising young lads, as they always do in the squad. They just need a couple more experienced players just to balance that out. Yeah, I think they do, and they need a bit of freshness. I think that's the thing they need more. You know, they've virtually the same squad and the same group of players for the last three or four years. You know, this, you know, there's, there's there's not much scope for changing the team if players are not doing well. So I think they just need a couple of bits of experience. Massimo Donati is one of the few guys who has done well for them. He's been a good addition, but yeah, I think they need they need some. They just need a bit of variety. Need a change. I think more than anything else, they need, like everybody else, they need a goal scorer, somebody that's going to get them uh, 10, 15, 20 goals a season. Talking of transfers, Dundee looking at St Mirren, Stevie Marlin this week, is that is he a player you think could, could do something for Paul Hartley up there? Yeah, no, I was quite impressed with him, you know, he came into the, he did well in a struggling St Mirren team a couple of years ago, you know, when, when, when they went down, you know, he was one of the success stories and I watched quite a bit of them that season, you know, even when they were struggling and get beat every week, you know, I did like his attitude, he was one of the the standout from 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 them that season. Quite consistent again last uh, last season in the championship. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a good young player. He's the right age. Paul Hartley's shown you know you can get the best out of young players. A lot of you know your Paul McGinn's, your Kane Hemmings have progressed under him up there. So yeah, I think that'd be a good move for Stevie Marley. Thanks very much, Colin. Remember, you can have a punt on all the SPFL Premiership football with Sunbets this weekend. You can catch up with all the highlights at scottishsun.co.uk and we will be back with the next football podcast next week. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.